When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. And we have one in the books. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Pittsburgh Steelers played their first preseason game on Saturday night. My goodness, this is my uh, third podcast since the game. It was great to be back on the post-game show with Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis. It was great to be on a Steelers preview with them before that um, last Thursday, just a pre- preview and an actual game. But all, all in all, it was it was great. Um, big. Big numbers of people in the live chat for the post-game show. If you didn't check that out already on our audio platform, make sure you get that. Um, really great stuff there that we just had a good time breaking down the game right after it happened. You know, first watch, don't get to, to watch it again, see the kind of things that happen. Um, but, hey, this is great that we actually have data. We have numbers from the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, we had to put the numbers in perspective, of course. Got to put the numbers in perspective because not everybody was out there. Yes, so more people missed from the defense than the offense. You know, none of the none of the projected starting front five uh, played in the game. 
um, there, there was very limited play by some of the other players. And on the offense, there was some some people like Najee Harris and Pat Frayermuth and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. So there was people missing all over the place. But we are going to break down some of these numbers here very shortly. But first, I've, I've got to make sure that you all are checking out all of our other podcasts. You know, we have another curtain call last night. Wait, I did it again. I did it again. It's going to take me months to get back to calling it the right name. Okay. Wednesday night's no longer the curtain call. Wednesday night is know your enemy. I like the know your enemy show. I love the know your enemy show. I, I because you're talking about an upcoming game. I love that show. I just got to get back into the habit of that's what it's called, but it's, but it's still there. Um, if you haven't checked that out already, make sure you do that. That's already out and available on our audio platform. And uh, then there's the show coming up after this one. It's For those of you that, do, that don't listen or don't know much about it, it's what Jin's talking about. I tell you, it, it's a very interesting show. It's funny because I, I they, they cuddle me for calling it different before. It, it's a different show. But Kyle Kreiss and Greg Benefit, man, it is entertaining. And you never know what these guys are going to do. Um, in fact, in fact, Kyle Kreiss really came through for me. He he reached out to me and, and he offered me something that I never thought I would get to experience. Uh, he offered me a very brief, I had two minutes, but a two-minute interview with Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. But it was very, very limited. All I could do was talk about the actual traveling to Jacksonville coming up this weekend. So I kind of had to trust Kyle because, you know, I didn't actually see or have any connection or any communication with Coach Tomlin. But I guess I should take Kyle's word for it that he came through for me on this pretty well. So I'm going to play that for you right now so you can check that out. Thank you very much, Coach Tomlin, for taking some time out of your day to let me ask you a few questions about you all traveling to Jacksonville. Uh, first question I want to ask you is, uh, how do you all board the plane? Uh, is, how, how is it that you get on there? Individually and collectively. Okay. How about when it comes to picking out the, the, the seats and everything? I mean, do you all get to spread out? Is it spacious on the plane when you travel to a preseason game? We're not seeking comfort today. All right. Well, if that's the case, uh, I heard a little rumor, and this might be true, um, that, that uh, s- since you're not looking for comfort, that, that you always choose a middle seat and you insist on sitting between Cam Hayward and Tyson Alualu. So can, can you tell me what it's like to sit between those guys? Everybody else gets a little tight. I'm sure it is. Um, so when you're traveling, uh, what, what is it that they generally serve you guys on the plane? We do not care. So there's nothing in particular that you look for that you're you're hoping they'll be giving to you? We do not care. Okay, I got it. Um, so now, when, when you're driving or flying to Jacksonville, um, and I mean, it's not that long of a flight. Is there anything that you do in order to try to, to just pass the time a little bit? Like, do you bring any like of your hobbies or anything along with you that you could do on the plane? You know, I'm not ready to paint with a broad brush. Uh, okay. I think I understand that. Uh, thanks coach. Um, uh, anything else about the trip that, um, you, you want to tell us about? We're not seeking comfort today. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think you told me that already. We do not care. All right. Moving on. Um, so when you guys get there, is there like a hierarchy of how you all exit the plane or, or anything of that nature? Individually and collectively. 
All right, so it's not like the coaches are off first or, or the vets come off first. Um, they're, 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 there's no order or semblance? We do not care. Okay, uh, thanks, Coach. It was uh, it was really nice to be able to talk to you briefly about this. I don't know if you could tell. I was a little bit nervous about that. Were you able to tell that? Everybody else gets a little tight. Yeah, I, I guess I was a little tight after all, Coach. So uh, I do want to say good luck on Saturday and uh, go get that win. We do not care. All right, so there we go. That was uh, – I don't know what was going on there a little bit. Um, it, it seemed like like that sounds like some things Coach Tomlin would say. So uh, if you're someone saying, oh, come on, Dave, what are you doing to me here? Come on. what, what I've got to listen to, to stuff like this. If you're like, come on, this is for the stats. I'm here for the stats. If you're here for the stats, then guess what? Here we go. We're going to buckle up and get some stats. If you uh, kind of found some, some nice comic relief um, in, in something like that, make sure you are checking out what Yin's talking about. That's the kind of stuff that those guys are bringing all the time, but to a much better level and put to music or song many times. Uh, I even heard there's a rumor that there might even be something involving the Steelers quarterbacks. Uh, I, I don't know. I heard that as a rumor. I'm going to be checking it out as much as you could be checking it out. So make sure you check out that podcast from those guys. So let's get to numbers. All right. Let, we're going to, the title of the show is stacking numbers as you go into week two. So what we're going to do, this is how this show works during the season. For those of you that might have picked up on Stat Geek and say, hey, I'm a new nerd of steel. Um, what, I, I'm not sure how this works during the season because, you know, in the off season, I'm answering questions. I'm looking up stats. I'm looking up historical stuff. I'm trying to predict what it does now is generally, generally, we look at the stats from the previous week. And we look ahead to the next week. Now, once we get some good data several weeks into the season, all three or four games, we'll really break down the rankings of both the Steelers and their opponents going forward because... That we, we just want to say, hey, you know, the, the Steelers, they have the, they have the, the, the number four pass defense, but they're going up against the, the, the number three pass offense this week in this team. So we'll start to look at that as we get more data. I don't bother doing that the first few weeks because it's such a small sample. I've got to have at least a three game sample before we get into those kind of things. Maybe a two game sample. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but if not, we'll look at other numbers going forward. So that's what we're going to do with the preseason, we're going to look at the numbers we got from this past week and say, hey, where can the Steelers go from here? What should we be looking for? And I talked about this on last week's show of of trying to put things into perspective looking forward to the first preseason game. We looked at it, as you heard Coach Tallman say earlier, um, individually and collectively. So first, let's look at it collectively. Let's look at some of these team stats. I don't think we're even going to get through all of them in the first half just because uh, the, the team stats really, really do shape some things. But if, if you look at the individual stats first, it's kind of cheating because then you could almost kind of add them up to have an idea of where they go. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they had 21 first downs, 21 first downs on Saturday night. That was the 20. Did I say 21? Oh, my goodness. I read the wrong number. Holy cow. Let's start this over. The Pittsburgh Steelers had 24 first downs to 21 first downs by the Seattle Seahawks. So they, they won in the number of first downs, and they were over 20. So nice job there. They, the Steelers had, had a – they weren't as balanced as the Seahawks. They had 
eight on rushing, 15 passing, one from a penalty, where the Seahawks had 11 rushing, 10 passing, none on penalty. So that's that. I mean, it's all right. It doesn't have to be balanced in the first downs as much as anything. I want to see first downs happening. So that's a number that is great for this week. Let's build on that next week, Pittsburgh Steelers, and hit 25 first downs or more throughout the game. So, so that's the first one. Third down efficiency. I already know that uh, Jeff Hartman brought this up on his Winners and Losers podcast on Let's Ride on Monday. If you didn't check that out, make sure you do, as well as his episode on Wednesday. But the Steelers, you always want to see an efficiency on third down of over 50%. Boom, the Steelers had it. 7 of 13 for 54%. I would argue it was 8 of 13 because, my goodness, it must be – when it's a preseason game, they must not want to slow things down at all because – why in the world, inside of two minutes on that third down rush by Master Teague, they ruled him a half yard short, and he was a good half yard past the line of scrimmage. They they missed that spot by at least a yard, and they didn't even look at it. And Coach Tomlin couldn't challenge it. It's inside of two minutes. So, therefore, the Steelers went forward on fourth down, did not get it. That's why they were 0 for 1 on fourth down. It is what it is. But to me, the Steelers really should have almost had another one there, and it's but then, they, then that changes a lot of other things with turnovers and whatnot for the rest of the game. Um, but it was how it was, and all you can do is play the next play with how you're set up. On the, on the opposite side, the Steelers held the Seahawks to under 50% on third down. And it was late in the first half before, before Seattle got their first first down well, – sorry, their first third down conversion for a first down – of the game. It was, it was in, I know it was inside of three minutes. I don't know that it was inside of two minutes. And I know what was frustrating was the Marvin Leal made a nice pass rush, got right there to, I almost said the wrong name, Drew Locke, not Drew Locke, Geno Smith. I almost said the previous um, Seahawks quarterback who's now in Denver, but he, he got right there to Geno Smith couldn't finish the sack, and Smith escapes and gets the first down. That was the first third down conversion that the Seahawks had on the night. So the Steelers, um, people that were out there with the first unit and, and into the second unit was doing a nice job with that. Then it kind of fell apart as the game went on, but still, 45%, they held them to 5 of 11. That's good stuff. Net yards, Steelers went over 400, 409. That's fantastic. I am not asking for the Steelers to go for more yards in the next game. I am not. If they were close, if they were over 350 again, I still think that's success. Because part of the reason going forward, you have to think about this, is that the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing their third preseason game. They're probably, because they're on a much different schedule, they're probably going to have their ones out there much longer than than anybody else, unless they aren't going to play it like other teams did, and they're going to wait and do their next one as the tune-up. I don't know, but I'm I'm anticipating them, their starters playing more than what the Steelers are but but hey we've got to watch Saturday night to see so so we'll we'll see if the Steelers can can get 400 yards of offense they gave up 339 yards of offense I'd love to get that number under 300 but it is what it is um, not terrible when, until we go to break it down the Pittsburgh Steelers this says that they ran 67 plays I counted 68 um, so that's kind of interesting. I'm not exactly sure why there's a discrepancy. Uh, the Seahawks ran 59 plays. The Steelers averaged over six yards per play, 6.1 yards, where the Seahawks averaged 5.7. Here's where it comes into where there's a good 
and a not so good. The good, this one was really good. Pittsburgh Steelers had 185 yards rushing, 185 yards on 27 attempts, 6.9 yards per carry. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Didn't like seeing the Steelers give up 159 yards on the ground on 26 carries for 6.1 yards. Not so much. I I love seeing the offensive line on run plays um, get pushed down the field. That was great stuff. Okay. Um, Both teams gave up three sacks or got three sacks, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, The, the Steelers with their, with the passing yards um, just through the air, let's not take off. I'm I'm looking at gross, not net because you know, net would take off from the sacks. Um, So, so the yards were actually thrown by the quarterbacks, 251 passing yards for the Steelers, 203 for the Seahawks. I like that the Seahawks barely had over 200 yards passing 180 through the air. When you take off from the sacks, 180 Um, like that from the defense, both teams had 70% completion percentage. Love that for the Steelers. Not that, not as much for the, for the Seahawks. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take our break there. We've got some more team stuff to break down, but I'm just afraid we're going to be three quarters of the way through the show and then say, oh, I got to take a break. So we're going to go ahead and break now. We're going to come back, continue to look at some of these team stats, um, look at some individual stats, both looking at them backwards and how they're going to, to how we'd like to see them go moving forward. So stick around with break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Thanks for hanging with me. Let's break down more of these numbers. Let's break down more of these numbers. Um, one thing that I didn't, I should have done right off the bat. Good number, 32. Pittsburgh Steelers putting up 32 points in a preseason game. Now, one of it's because they had a two-point conversion. Great. Even 30 would have been nice. 32 is even better. The last time the Steelers scored over 32 points, they did it one time all last season, and that was in a loss when they lost 41 to 37 to the chargers. So that was good to see the offense putting up points, not a big fan of the 25 points. They surrendered really not a big fan of surrendering a 14 point lead. You got to love that the Steelers had the lead with the players that you expect to be more of the regulars early in the game. You know, they were up, was it 14, nothing, 17, three, um, really like that. But you also still want your other players in, to be able to hold that lead more. Now, it was the infamous end the first half, start the second half. 
the, the Seahawks did the did did the Bill Belichick special, I would say, where you want to score you want to score the last drive of the first half and then score the first drive of the second half. So the Steelers the Steelers defense gave up 14 points where the only time the offense touched the ball was one carry in the end to end the first half. I like that the Steelers didn't take a knee. They went out there and ran ran a running play. I like it. It's the preseason. Do it. That's great. So one play in between uh, two touchdowns there. So that's, well, at least I'm, if I'm hoping I remember that right, because it, it seems like that's where, where, where the points came. I'm pretty sure Seattle scored their, their opening drive of, of the second half. I'm trying to see if that's, if that's really what happened. So yeah, they, um, that they, um, or did they hold them to for a punt there at the end? I'm still trying to remember. Yeah, it, I think it was a – they might have had the punt there at the end. Because, um, I mean, the Seahawks did – they scored 10 points in the second quarter. They had a touchdown in there um, that um, after the Steelers the, – the Steelers scored, scored a touchdown. Um, so, no, I – where did their touchdown come? That's what I'm still trying to figure out. Um, cause I, I know things were going pretty good there. Um, and, and it all worked and it all worked out well. So the, yeah, looking at the drive charts here, the problem was I was like, Oh, where's the drive charts? Oh, they're just not back-to-back touchdowns. It's cause I was looking at the Steelers. What are you doing, Dave? Come on, get it together. We're, we're, we're into regular football, but yeah, the, the Seahawks did have their, their two drives where they scored a touchdown right before the half and then scored a touchdown coming right back. And that's what made it the tie game. But because I, I knew that was the case, because the one thing that I remember is I'm like, Oh, Kenny Pickett's going to come out, make his NFL debut in a tie game. If the Steelers win this game or lose this game, it's going to be because of Kenny Pickett. And we'll get to Kenny Pickett in just a moment. So, that's just another one of those things to, to look at when it comes to the score. Let's look at a few other team stats. I, I like that the Pittsburgh Steelers had zero turnovers. Now, you could say, oh, wow, they got pretty lucky. Yeah, there was two fumbles. There was the Mason Rudolph uh, strip sack that it popped right back up to him, and he still almost threw the ball. Um, then you had the, the pass that probably should have been intercepted, but that was a miscommunication where the receiver did something he shouldn't have. Uh, the Steelers, they had one takeaway, and it was the last, well, almost the last play of the game by the defense because they did have to go out for three more seconds at the end when Khalil Davis got that nice shot. Um, but they had that they had the takeaway when they needed it to get back to win the game. Um, they never should have had the opportunity to do that because, like I said, the Steelers should have had a first down. It was a terrible call by the officials, an even worse call to not review it. Um but it, it was what it was. But the Steelers were only credited for two penalties for 15 yards. One was on the opening kickoff, and I thought that was a 15-yarder, but maybe I was mistaken. I know I know that um, Cam Hay- it's not Cam. Connor Hayward had a false start penalty, which was funny because the very next play they threw in the ball for eight yards. So he, you know, he, he got, in essence, he got three yards uh, because of the sequence. But they weren't calling a lot of penalties, but even if they weren't, it's the, you don't want to have more than the other team. Seattle had three penalties. So that's, that's a good thing there. The Steelers, I expect them to call more penalties in week two of the preseason, just overall. Um, 
but you want to see that number not go up very much. You know, if they keep it under five in the preseason, that's pretty good. I really like that the that the Steelers had a had a punt return for 38 yards. I think it was the only one they returned. Uh, that was pretty nice. They did pretty well. Um, I think they held held Seattle to maybe like eight yards or seven yards on that on two punt returns. I think I think it was seven yards. I think one was eight yards and one was minus one. So uh, so that was some some good stuff. Uh, there. So other than that, I mean, you got the two-point conversion. That was great. There was no missed extra points. There was no missed field goals, although Seattle doinked one so bad. The way it bounced, I thought it was no good, but it, I guess it, it bounced just enough through. Um, both teams made their two-point conversions. Um, just in all, um, you know, the, the, I mean, the Steelers, here's, here's one you can improve on. Okay. Red zone. Steelers were two for three, sixty-seven percent. They get they on the defensive side. They gave up three out of four, seventy-five percent. That's something I would like to see increase. I would. You always want to have a higher red zone percentage than your opponents. All right. Then the goal to go situation. Seattle was two for two. When Seattle got the goal to go, they scored a touchdown. The Steelers, they did have the one drive that stalled. That was the 17-play, eight-and-a-half-minute drive um, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback that happened in the second quarter, and they stalled at the three-yard line. Great drive, typical Mason Rudolph drive, but uh, they just couldn't finish it off at the end. So that's some really good team stuff and some things to build on. So things, let's look at one specifically that you would like the Steelers to get better at this this week. It's kind of difficult um, because, especially offensively, I think Steelers fans would be would be satisfied with status quo, with the same numbers as a team. You know, I'd be satisfied with 400 yards of offense. I'd be satisfied with 24 first downs. I'd be satisfied with over 50% third down efficiency. You know, things that I'm more than satisfied with 185 rushing yards. Um these are great things. I mean, and 70% completion percentage. Wow. Those are great things where Steelers fans shouldn't be satisfied. Number one thing. And we all know it. If you watch the game, you know, it. it's the rush defense. You don't want to be giving up 159 yards again. You want to get that number down. I'm not saying that to keep them under hundred. I'm just saying, let's go less than 159 and even better. Let's go less than six yards of carry. That's important because I've talked about that specifically. Now, when you look at it from a player statistic standpoint, then things really start to turn. So let's kind of transition into that short period of, of doing that because you never know, you can't ask some of these players to do the same thing statistically because they might not have the same amount of playing time. But but let, let's go ahead and do it, okay? Quarterbacks, Trubisky, four for seven, 63, a touchdown, a 128 rating. He had one touchdown. We had one punt that was a punt, one drive that was a touchdown, one drive that was a punt. So um, I'd like to see that four for seven. I'd like to see that a little bit higher. I really would. You know, I um, don't know how much he's going to play and in what regard. So if he played one series and he was, you know, four of six or five of seven or six of eight, that would, you know, just a, a little bit improvement uh, with the completion percentage there. That would be fantastic. Mason Rudolph, he was 9 of 15 for 93 yards, one touchdown, was sacked once, had a passer rating of 100.1. With Mason Rudolph, the thing that I would say you want to see from him 
is you want to make sure he finishes drives. You know, great, beautiful touchdown, um, dropping it, dropping it into George Pickens. The other one, that long drive, you really want to see them end up in the touchdown zone with something with that. Um, that's where I'd like to see. So, I mean, he was, I'd like, if the completion percentage was a little bit better, that'd be great. Kenny Pickett, you give me the same game, and you're still doing fantastic, because my goodness, 13 to 50, 95 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked twice. That's something you would like to see from Kenny Pickett to, uh, to, to, to not have the sacks. And, but he had 132.6 passer rating. That's going to be hard to duplicate. It really is. Uh, let's go to the to, to the Steelers rushing. You know, they rushed 185 yards as a team. Anthony McFarlane had 56 of them on seven carries, an average of eight yards a carry. Great stuff. Um, I wouldn't expect him to, to, to average eight yards again, but my goodness, it would be great if he could do six. Um, but the other thing about that is busting out a, a nice long run in there. That's something that was really nice to, to see that one. I think it was about 25 yards is one rush. Um, and those those are some of the things. That, yeah, 24 yards, sorry. 24 yards uh, was his best rush. Uh, Jalen Warren, I just want to see more of the same. He has that 5.7 um, average you know, keep that up. Six carries, 34 yards, a long of 13. And the other thing is positive yards every time, positive yards every time. Uh, Master Teague, I don't think we're going to see him. I'm pretty sure he was um, on, on the sidelines of practice on Wednesday um, with in a boot and crutches. I'm pretty sure that was him. If I, yes, it, it was, if I recall correctly. But just to give you his numbers, six carries, 31 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and a long of nine. Kenny Pickett had three rushes for 16, long of eight. That's great. Do that, Kenny Pickett. Mateo Durant, two rushes for four yards. That was one of the ones that was that was below the line. Uh, he's really going to have to step it up if he's going to stick with this team much longer. Here's what's crazy. Two rushes for four yards with a long of five. Yeah. So we had a five-yard run and a minus one-yard run. Um, Trubisky, he had that that scramble where he got four yards, which was great. Then you had two from the receivers. You got 38 from Steven Sims. That's great, but you're not going to expect that from him all the time. Tyler Sneed had had a two-yard rush. I just liked a lot of how there was not many negative rushing plays. There wasn't a lot of plays of the of the of the running back getting a hit in the backfield. Those are the things you want to see. Keep that up, all those guys. I still don't think you're going to see Najee Harris this week, according according to what Harris said Wednesday after practice. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. Let's go to the receivers. Now, I think all these numbers you might see a little bit lower, except for maybe one, because I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if you don't see at least a little bit of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in this game. I think they're back. I think they're going to be okay. But my goodness, the one I really want to talk about, George Pickens, three catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. I will take that every preseason game from him. I mean, my goodness, he didn't even play all that much. And, and there he was. Um, really just seems to be doing what he's doing. And then, I mean, my goodness, Gunnar O, three for 47 and a touchdown. Now, the touchdown, that was kind of a blown coverage. He was wide open. I was more impressed with the play, um, with the catch that he had before that on, on third down where he got it and, and got some yards after the catch. Good stuff there. Um, Jalen Warren was another one that, he you know, he had a touchdown and uh, four catches for 30 yards. Love seeing that for a running back. That would be um, continued to, 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 to be – 
highly desirable. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's had his touchdown. Um, he had two catches for 32 uh, with, with it being a 24-yard touchdown. Wise move. I mean, you had a timeout. You didn't have to go out of bounds. You look like you're going to go out of bounds. You cut it back up in and you get to the end zone. If not, if you don't and you get tackled or come up short, you're coming up, calling timeout to kick the field goal to win the game. Knowing that you had the timeout, if they didn't have the timeout, he could have been in trouble, but but they did all right there. Uh, you know, Connor Hayward, two catches for 24 yards. I'd like to see him build on that. Miles um, Boykin, Boykin, two for 17. Um, who, who else was up there? Um, Jay Sternberger, two for 20. Don't know how much you'll see of him because hopefully we some, see some Pat Frermuth and Zach Gentry. Um, but still want to see some uh, Connor Hayward while we're at it. Kevin Rader, one for six, same kind of deal. Uh, Steven Sims, one reception for two yards, made the nice punt return, had the nice run. But if he's going to stick around as a wide receiver, he's going to have to do a little bit more yardage-wise. So that's some stuff with the offense. Let's let's just uh, glance over the defense here a little bit. I'd like to. That's another thing with team numbers. I meant to say. I want to. I would like to see more sacks and more quarterback hits. They only had four quarterback hits in all, and and they were by let's see, Mark Robinson, who you know had the sack. Uh, Henry Mondo, who had the sack, um, uh, Hamilcar, or Hamilcar Rashad, who had the sack in the quarterback hit. I'm trying to find where's the other quarterback hit that wasn't. Oh, DeMarvin Leal had a quarterback hit, but the, but it wasn't a sack. So really want to see um, some some sacks and some pressure. The biggest thing with the defense is it's hard to break down these stats because of. The, the defense didn't play. I mean, you can look at it as, you know, the Steelers only had four pass, passes defensed. But my goodness, Trey Norwood had two. He keeps that up. That's just great stuff. James Pierre had one. He was playing all right out there. Um, the other one I'm pretty sure was knocked down at the line. Isaiah Loudermilk. Want to see the defensive line get some more um, balls knocked down. But th- then you talk about uh, tackles and everything. Uh, I- I'm looking at it like – Really got to see some some improvement from Devin Bush. I don't even know that he showed up on the stats sheet. I mean, Miles Jack was out there for eight plays and had two tackles. Uh, Devin Bush is someone that really needs to 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 put something, not just stats, but just decent plays on film. Because my goodness, he's got running backs running straight at him, clear vision at him, doesn't step up to him, doesn't try to tackle him. They cut right in front of his face, and he just pursues. Um, it, it looked like, as someone said in the live chat of the Scobro show on Tuesday night, it looked like he was playing in the, in, at, at, uh, at the pro bowl pace because wasn't really interested in doing anything. It was really sad. I was trying to give him a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. Then he came out with his comments on Tuesday. That really ticked me off, um, about how, Hey, it doesn't matter about next year. I'll be in the NFL no matter what. Um, that's very presumptuous because if anyone watches your film from Saturday night, Devin Bush, there ain't no NFL team that would want you on their team if you're going to give that kind of effort. So maybe you need to step it up just to make sure you stay in the league. And because being a, a top 10 draft pick doesn't mean anything if you don't come through. So I really, that's what I'm really calling on. I just want to see uh, what what's going to happen if that first unit's going to be out there. Um, not really anything with the kicking game because it wasn't the regular guys and you don't know who's going to be out there. You know, it's going to be Presley Harvin this week. I would like to see him with an average over 46 and a long over 55. Uh, apparently he's been booming the ball, but there's, he either has days where he booms everything or he has days where he 
boom some and is very inconsistent and shanks some others. So hopefully he can turn that around. Uh, we'll see a little bit more with that on Saturday night. So once again, Saturday night, it's not on NFL Network. You're going to have to either be in the Pittsburgh home area. You can get the game through NFL Plus. You can even get a free seven-day trial if you need it just to, just to catch this game. Um, I'm excited about seeing the Steelers go on the road, play a team that should be playing a lot more of their starters, and believe it or not, this is a better defense than what the Steelers, you know, what Seattle wasn't known for a good defense last year. So, you know, it's not like Jacksonville is that great either, but I, they, I think they were better than Seattle when it came to the rankings. So let's see what the Steelers could turn around, put up some of those good team numbers. We'll check out some individual numbers next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said, make sure you're checking out all our podcasts. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as I always say to finish it out, thanks for kicking out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.